Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. It's our second go of uh, getting in early, yeah. recording this show on a Friday. And I am so tired that are I you? do. Dude, I we got back you know, fairly late on Wednesday after the house, or you know, on the, after the house party. It was, it was a big one. And so I had I, a big one. And so I had, then had to get up early on Thursday to watch Dynamite. Then realized that I'd left my charger at work, so I had to get on the tube and watch Dynamite here. And then I was doing a podcast record last night for Hashtag Other Projects. And then I had to get up early this morning again so I could get here for our nine o'clock star. I just feel very tired. There's no downtime for Lukey boy. (laughs) Burning that candle at Mm. all the ends. I, I, I also have had... Social engagements every evening this week. Oh, I'm a busy guy. Are you social butterfly? I'm seeing my parents tonight and uh, for dinner. And I, I sort of resolved on Thursday morning, well, I'm not going to drink again for a while. And now the, me meeting my parents is approaching. I'm like, I'm going to need a drink. <laughs> I'm going to need a drink to talk to my dad. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. But, uh, and yeah. also you still got your hangover from Wednesday. Still there. Uh, but on Saturday... Our plans were cancelled. <gasps> I was like, yes, we can have an evening in. We'll get takeaway. We'll watch a movie. We'll rent a movie on Amazon. Bloody yeah, hell. Nothing on Prime. No. I want a new release. Uh, but no, they're back on again. Oh, I know. Well, I was hoping for a quiet weekend. And then my wife reminded me that um, my in-laws are coming around because we're doing house chores. What? Well, we're doing... Your in-laws are coming over to do chores? No, as in, like, we've there's some bits and bobs that need to be done around the house. Like, we need to repaint some of the walls. Mm. And we we didn't fully put down the skirting board when we were doing our big house design last year. There's tiling that still needs to be done in the kitchen. There's, like, a, a list of, like, small jobs that still need to be done. And that's what my weekend is. You're making me tired and frustrated. <laughs> Just telling me about it. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, the light needs replacing in the bathroom. It does need to be done. We haven't done it for 18 months. And we're going to... I don't want to take my phone in there as a torch anymore. Oh, my God. You've been living like that. I bet it feels so normal now. (laughs) It does. That's exactly it. I was listening to James O'Brien talking about this. He said, how long does something happen in your house that it just becomes part of the furniture? 
And he's like, you know, there's just the the cooker only turns on if you hit it twice. Mm. It's a problem at the start that you're like, oh, I'll get, I'll feel fix that, and then you never do. And then it just becomes normal. It's like, oh yeah, no, it's turned on. You just do this. That's this could be a new segment. <laughs> People email in with what uh, <laughs> you, you, things around the house. Argo as well. Uh, our bathroom, you know, a bath has got handles sometimes mm-hmm. on the inside. One of them's only hanging on by one side. <laughs> so every time I get out the bath, I. I get to I try and hold it and it swings. All right. So now I just automatically put my hand out and it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> uh, but yes, don't just email in with that. What a segue. But email in. It's time to it's time for some real talk, folks. Real talk. So since October would you say October? It's literally October. Mm. It was it was like almost to the date. It was the first episode of Dynamite. What happened? Yeah, what happened around that time? So the the wrestling world we, we were kind of anticipating an explosion of wrestling fandom in October. Because not only was AEW going on to TNT, SmackDown was moving to Fox. More eyes. NXT was also on weekly TV. So we thought, all right, well, let's cover all of them. So now we've got six shows a week. Me and Luke do uh, the Raw review and the AEW review and, of course, this show. And then we'd have Luke and Simon do NXT. Laurie and Simon. Laurie and Simon. And uh, Pete and Andy now have been doing Smackdowns. Yeah. Six shows a week on a non-pay-per-view week as well. Yeah. So I thought, our, our listeners love the content. But the reverse has happened. Yeah. There has been a decline in listenership. And we're like, huh, what could this be? So we just want to know, folks, like, what is, is it the, is it wrestle talk in general? Is it, is it the combination of hosts? Is it the upload schedule? Maybe you'd want shorter AEW and NXT reviews, but compiled as one show. Yeah. I don't, any ideas you guys have? Absolutely. Feedback? Yeah. Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Do email uh, with your suggestions. And it's, it's kind of difficult because I've been thinking about asking this question for a while, looking at how the numbers have fallen since October. But it is impossible to reach out to someone who doesn't listen to the podcast anymore yeah, yeah. by using the podcast. Mm. That, uh, but what we're hoping for is that you, the listener, can feedback if you're just sort of dipping in and out. Or if you know someone that used to listen but exactly, no longer does. Yeah. And they can tell you something and you can email in. Don't make people up. But, you know, just sort of email him with your feedback. My friend says, you talk funny. <laughs> That's why he doesn't listen. Well, uh, Safe actually sent in a suggestion for the, Friday, for the Friday show. Oh, yeah. Uh, who said, hi, Luke. This email is just a suggestion for a segment on the Friday episode. I'm fascinated by Wednesday night ratings because <gasps> I wasn't alive during the Monday oh. night war. Today was the first time I had a look at the quarter hour ratings mm. and realized that they're actually more interesting than the overall numbers. For example, seeing that only 600,000 uh, people tuned into last week's NXT main event, while almost a million tuned into Jericho's promo at the same time, was a surprise. Also seeing that Coffee Wolfgang match on mainstream US TV managed to gain 60,000 views on the previous hour was great. Shows that NXT UK talent can in fact draw in if, if portrayed correctly. I just feel like a five minute rundown of the big quarters on the Friday episode would be fascinating. Uh, anyway, I enjoyed your content more than usual recently i've been going through an incredibly tough time financially with uni exams and you've been the best release i really do appreciate it all the best safe well i still don't appreciate your size of um font in your email is it still really big oh no it's tiny he's having a small one he's (laughs) (laughs) i just like your name safe it's safe safe um, so yeah, but we didn't actually get to talk about it this week because the quarter hours were not available when we did this. But we did talk about it briefly last week. We talked about how the Nightmare Collective gained viewers. It was one of the only times that AEW gained viewers. You are my kind of man safe, where you're like, these numbers aren't enough. 
I need to go deeper into the numbers. Ah, yes, there is the true beauty in quarterly hour breakdowns. Yes. Uh, and David also emailed in to say, Hi, Luke. I've just been listening to this week's AEW podcast, and I'm genuinely shocked that you are older than Ollie Davis. <laughs> Please, do- Someone said in a comment they thought I was 45. I know. I, was, I felt really bad for you on that no, one. I'm okay. Uh, David says, please dedicate a portion of the podcast to your keeping young and beautiful routine. Keep up the consistent work. Diamond Dallas Dave. <laughs> I don't really have one. Yeah. I, think, I think shaving my hair was actually the best thing that I could have done. Because I think it has made me look slightly younger. Mm. If I shave my face as well, it really does take a lot of years off me. It's a baby face. It really is a baby face. Um, but yeah, I just have a wash. And I put on some moisturizer because I have quite dry skin. Mm. And then I just put some moisturizer over my forehead and around my nose. Is that are those the bits? Those are the bits that you've get got really a, you've bad. Got, you've got a dry forehead. Oh, really dry forehead, yeah. Mine is my monobrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because of the shaving, right? The little bits of, but in the eyebrows, but near the middle. Oh, right, okay. So here, yeah, yeah. and then yet the nose and around the nose. Yeah. And the, the bit under uh, the... my no- nostrils in the mustache. Mm. And then my entire beard. <laughs> So, yeah, a lot of my face is dry, but the cheeks and forehead are abnormally oily. <laughs> so it's oily really, Davis. It's really delicate. Yeah, oily Davis. Really delicate applying moisturizer yeah. because if, if it goes too much, I will get spots. <gasps> mm. Well, um, do you want to have that Rusev hay that I teased from yesterday, which was the update from the Alexa <gasps> Bliss version? Oh, what a tease to get people tease. to listen. Yeah, maybe yeah, we'll do it there. This is how people come back to the podcast. <laughs> well, should we dive into it then? Yes. Yeah, well, here is the show itself. We're going to be going across the biggest news stories of the week, including the Tessa Blanchard racism scandal, um, uh, accusations, and we're going to be talking about, we're kicking things off with this AEW New Japan Ring of Honor Super Faction. Super Faction. Here's the show. which is some kind of very fresh news as we're recording this. It came from yesterday's, or this morning's rather, Wrestling Observer newsletter from Dave Meltzer, and that is answering the question that we posed on yesterday's AEW review podcast. Who's the leader of the Dark Order? What's the deal with Marty Skrull? And is there going to be some big working relationship between AEW, ROH and New Japan? It appears maybe. Yeah, so according to Meltzer... Well, because Skell re-signed with ROH, that was announced uh, over the weekend, because um, it was on our news episode on Monday, <coughs> and there, it's now been reported that the original plan for Skell, his original offer, was that he was going to debut for AEW in December of last year. He was going to be on the final Dynamite episode, which now when you look back at it, you're like, that makes so much sense. Because they really were like, it's going to be a big, big show. Mm. We're going to have this big killer angle to end off the show. And what they ended off with was the Dark Order beating down the elite to not critical acclaim. What's the opposite of critical acclaim? They missed the mark, didn't they? <laughs> they missed like the those punches. punches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they missed 100% of the shots they took. <laughs> but it now turns out, apparently, reportedly, it was going to be Skull's debut. Which would have been... 
an actual really hot angle to end the year off with. Yeah, it's that's an interesting one. Would it have still would it have worked? Would the because like the Dark Order I felt needed still like a, a good two months of rebuilding before they were put in that main event invasion angle. But with Skull there. Yeah. Like Skull would have completely tipped it over the edge, I think. I think people still would have been like, uh, Dark Order. But when you have that scale reveal at the end, that's people aren't gonna talk about Dark Order. They'll talk, talk about, about Skull. Skull, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, is th- does that mean it was always going to be a successful thing? And you gotta, you got to question the wisdom of when it became apparent Skull wasn't going to do that because he re-signed with Ring of Honor for what Meltzer is saying is the biggest contract in company history. Yeah, the most lucrative deal. ROH is Spenny right yeah, now. They are. Spenny those bucks. Re-signed Bandido over the weekend as well. Another hugely in-demand wrestler. And because a lot of these guys signed for one year deals at the start of last year. Yeah, Roosh is another one <coughs> signed for Roosh. a one year deal. So I'd imagine they're looking to tie him down as well. PCO, I think, is uh, there until February. Matt so Taven. Matt Taven. They signed a huge one this yeah. year. So they, uh, yeah, last year. <coughs> Sorry, said, no, I'm just going to cough. No, no, you said this year. <laughs> yes. Uh, so last year, he signed in the summer of last oh, yeah. year um, for a deal that is reportedly way bigger than any of the top stars in NXT. Mm. Like, Think about that for a second. That is a WWE brand who are paying their talent less than ROH are looking to do because ROH are, are really spending to keep hold of this talent. Yeah, well, let's uh, find out the the actual... And set, this is a direct quote from The Observer. Essentially, Skrull is getting WWE main roster money Whoa. guaranteed for maybe 40 dates a year. Whoa, 40 dates a year, and, and guaranteed. He can, work, he can work other places as well. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, okay, so you're Marty Skrull. You're presented with two options. Do you want to be the leader of this group that's not getting over? Or do you want the biggest main roster deal for 40 dates a year that's guaranteed? That's not a downside deal. Yeah. It's a, that's guaranteed money. When I heard that Skrull was re-signing with ROH on, it was on Sunday, I think it broke. I was like, wow, man, they must have offered him. I, I cannot picture what they could have offered him to make him not go and be with his buddies, the elite. Because it's not all about the money sometimes. Sometimes you just want to be with your creative best friends. And sometimes there are wrestlers <clears throat> who do see WWE as the end goal. Exactly. So then it came out that not only is he getting this main roster money, which, as we know from other reports at the moment, is like 500, like half a million dollars a year at least. Yeah. This is a multi-year contract. Those people work, I don't know, 180, 200 dates a year? I mean, yeah, well, Seth was, uh, well, Seth Rollins said that one of the reasons John Moxley left is because he couldn't hack the rigorous schedule because you end up working like 300 plus dates. Yeah. uh, Throughout the year. This is 40. (laughs) This is, you know, at the extremes, Less than a sixth of the the dates a year. That's not to say he won't be working as much because the other big part of this, and I think is probably going to be the most appealing thing to someone with Skell's mind. That's what I'm thinking. Is that he is now head booker. There were reports that he was co-booker with Delirious. Delirious has been booking that promotion since 2010. So there is a, you know, you've only got, unless you're Gado, you've only got so many ideas in the tank. And that's because Gado has one idea that he spreads over 10 years. Yes. (laughs) Oh, and it's also, okay, I've done that idea with Tanahashi. It's a card now. (laughs) (laughs) And he does it like that. That'll do me for another four years now. Uh, Jay White, come (laughs) over here. Uh, But the idea is, Skull is now the head booker. Delirious is going to be more the execution TV production arm of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
and he's going to make Skull's ideas and creative vision happen. So he's got his own toy box. Yeah, completely. And it's a cool toy box as well because it like there's a lot of great talent in, yeah. in ROH that you know Shane Taylor, uh, Joe Hendry, Roosh, mm. Matt Taven, the Villain Enterprise. There's like loads of it. PCO is your bloody world mm. champion at the moment. There is like, there's a huge pool of talent that you can work with there. That I think someone like Marty Skull, as you said, has got such a good creative mind that will really relish in the uh, of the of the challenge. What what's what's Bizarre for me, though, is this is a lot of responsibility, you know, and that you, you are the head booker of a wrestling promotion. To my knowledge, Skell hasn't done that before. I'd imagine he has been involved in creative, <clears throat> but has not been the head booker. There is a very different thing for pitching ideas and being involved in creative for your character, which wrestlers tend to be really into versus booking other people's characters. I am in this position. I often pitch you ideas, but I don't want to be sat in your shoes where you do all the actual business stuff. Exactly. Side of things. Yeah. I so, don't think I could do that. So, I mean, it's it's a gamble. It's, it's very exciting, but mm. let's not make any mistakes about it. This is a huge gamble by Ring of Honor. And you know, like to the extent where they, you know, he said, let's put on a free show for everyone. They did it over the weekend. It was very well received. That's a good start. But, you know... It, is is it three months of ideas that he's got, or is he is he more akin to a Gado, where he's got you know five years of storylines he's been sitting on? We're now also in a world where <clears throat> all of the elite are in yeah. head booker positions, effectively. Mm. It's, it's a really, but you're right. It's not just that he's signed for this amazing money deal for forty odd days, <clears throat> and he's now the head booker of this promotion. The really interesting thing for me in this is that he is a liaison between ROH and New Japan. Which is a relationship that didn't have the greatest 2019. I think the after the Madison Square Garden show, which was mega ran, mega ran, which was essentially it was 50% a great show, 50% not a great show, and the 50% that was a great show was all the New Japan stuff, yeah, and all the ROH stuff, with the exception of their their title match, yeah, the, the three way, the ladder Very match good. was awesome. But like they, they did the Enzo and Cass run-in, which was all ROH's idea. Didn't that, tell New Japan about that. Yeah, which, you know, so Tamatonga was very upset about that. So their relationship was very soured throughout 2019. And you can see that because there's no ROH presence at, Ring, uh, mm. at New Japan shows. There was very little New Japan presence in Ring of Honor shows. And, you know, Wrestle Kingdom this year didn't have any ROH. They usually have an ROH yeah. title match. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely no presence whatsoever. So, but New Japan reportedly love Marty because Marty's been there mm. for a number of years now. So I think he is going to be a great liaison between those two brands and rebuild that relationship again. Totally. And it seems to already be underway because a couple of weeks after this deal seems to have happened, after... Meltzer was saying, look, this relationship is a bit standoffish between New Japan and ROH right now. New Japan aren't sending talent over there. And then this week or last week, we've got Jay White yep. being confirmed for the next Ring of Honor show. It seems like they're starting to send over talent again. And that comes just a few weeks after Marty has started this role again. So it's not just that, though. Mm. This is the... Uh, this is the really... This is the really exciting the part bit. of this. So... When negotiations were going on between Skull and ROH, we were told it may not exclude him from AEW, although others have said the deal will exclude him from AEW and WWE. Yeah. This is him as a performer, where he can wrestle. Currently, he can wrestle 
a lot of other places. New Japan, he's got the program with NWA and Nick Aldis going, which is going to sort of feature a bit on Ring of Honor television, it seems. That's it, yeah. So the next NWA pay-per-view they're doing, they're doing an NWA versus <laughs> ROH match and building that as like an interpromotional thing. Um, so yeah, so it's interesting because Meltzer said when the deal was signed that there was... He was allowed to work anywhere, but there was a question mark over a certain promotion. We all figured that certain promotion was AEW. So it's very interesting that there is some people saying that he can work there and others saying, no, it's everywhere but AEW and WWE. Well, that might be because they're working on the AEW thing. Because this goes on to say... That's, you know, that's Skrull as a performer. But Skrull is now a back office position where he's this liaison person. One of those key relationships he's apparently going to try and develop, and it makes total sense, is with AEW. That's where all his friends are. I th- I mean, who who knows? Maybe the Bucks are like, and, and the Elite are generally like, actually, Marty, don't come here. Yeah, take that you deal. You take that Ring of Honor deal. Because then that's a way for us to get another foot in the door with New Japan. They're smart guys. Oh, yeah. They must know the best thing for business is for everything that's not WWE to work together. Completely. And then you can start building it up from there. Don't be your own island. Yeah. So to work as a liaison to New Japan, the NWA, and other organizations, including AEW, which Ring of Honor will try and get a working relationship with. Oof. Meltzer goes on to say that might be difficult because I don't know what AEW has to gain at this time from an ROH relationship. But you never know, Skull's got a lot of friends in AEW, so he could be the guy to open up communications and boundaries. What is in it for RO, like for AEW? Of course, ROH gets that, that notoriety. It's a huge coup for ROH. Talent exchange, you can get those guys who were selling out ROH shows two years ago back. Yeah, I mean, th- that Madison Square Garden <laughs> show, to go back to that again... Those tickets, that that was sold out on not just New Japan. It was sold out on the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody. And Akada. And Aka- yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. So it was New yeah, Japan yeah. and the yeah. Elite were essentially, they sold out that building. Mm. And then the Elite left. So ROH didn't have that star power anymore. And I think that has then felt throughout 2019 where you've seen their attendance fall with the loss of Cody and the Bucks yeah. and, and everyone else. So getting them back and getting them back onto ROH shows can only mean those ticket sales can rise again. Huge positives to ROH. So yeah, Meltzer asks, what's in it for AEW then? I think the the answer is quite clear. AEW get a house show touring infrastructure where they can develop talent, and ROH, this is not a slight. It's, it might come across as a slight, but N- no one says it about NXT. ROH can be AEW's official developmental promotion. That's exactly it, yeah. There's no harm in taking, you know, if you've got WWE, AEW third place in the North American market, if you're Ring of Honor, that, like, that's that's better than, at the moment, New Japan might get in there and become the third promotion in, um, or NWA or or MLB. There are a lot of other moving ML- parts. MLW. MLW. Not, not Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball. <laughs> I mean, the, the, it's, it's very competitive out there. <laughs> sleep. If you ask WWE, the main competitor is sleep. <laughs> That's what Vince McMahon will also corroborate. So, yeah, it's... I think... Look, look Ring of Honor 
I love Ring of Honor. I am a Ring of Honor fanboy. That was the promotion I fell in love with when I first started getting into that style of wrestling. And the 2010 to 2011-12 Jim Corner era is one of my all-time favorite bits in wrestling. Kevin Owens, Elgin Epkenstein, Elgin Erico, Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards, Carl O'Reilly, Adam Cole coming up through the ranks. But they have always been the promotion where people make their names and then they go somewhere else. ROH has been the feeder system for NXT, effectively. Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, yep. CM Punk, yep. Nigel McGuinness, you know, everyone, it feels like, has come through ROH. Austin Aries. Austin Aries, yeah. Tyler Black. Yeah. Seth Rollins. Yeah, completely. Every like it's very re- like you, you know you get a Dean Ambrose or a Roman Reigns those people actually have not come through that system but it's largely all ROH guys up until about twenty seventeen you know sixteen yeah. seventeen so it's always been a feeder promotion really why not just lean into that and make that your strength we are AEW's NXT yeah and uh, from an AEW perspective <clears throat> as well you made this point earlier. Because ROH is now rebuilding that connection with New Japan through Marty. AEW quite clearly want to have that relationship as well. What better way to get into that relationship by getting into bed with ROH? So you've then essentially you just sort of get yeah. into the system as well. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about it many times in the show. They would love to work with New Japan. That was the plan from day one was that yeah. we're going to work in conjunction with one another. But, some, you know, New Japan were not happy with them leaving a stand in their own promotion. So if AEW can get back into the good books with New Japan through ROH, that's a huge deal for AEW. That's what they want. Mm. Yeah, and I so it's it's the it's the, the potential of having a developmental system where they can send guys like the private party who are fantastic, but you know, they they are green and they do get exposed sometimes. I don't know what Wardlow's like, uh, but those those you can give people more in ring time. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy, you know, they're all great. But they're only wrestling once a week. Yeah, wrestling more is not going to hurt them. Well, I actually could. Them, <laughs> but you know, at the moment, they're just doing it with indie bookings. You, yeah. could, you could bring that to ROH and make it a lot more, you know, sort of considered. So you've got those two bits, obviously, the New Japan house shows as well. Yeah. AEW don't have a live events touring market right now. There is no way for them to sort of test out ideas loosely. There's no, there's no bit for them to work out new gimmicks in front of the live crowds before they bring them to television. And as we've seen with the Nightmare Collective, the Dark Order stuff, Luther, like you could test that stuff IRL before you commit to putting it on television. I think I, that's what I would do. I think that's hugely important. It's always worth remembering. Kane, before he debuted in 98, was on the house show circuit for a few months beforehand and they were testing out variations of the costume. At one point, he had a cape, you know, and that was going to yeah. be because Vince apparently wanted him to have a cape. Mm. He was going to have a cape for the whole run. So they tried it on the house shows and didn't get over. And they were like, do you know what? Drop the cape. Yeah. And so then when he debuted at Bad Blood, you're like, oh, cool. He looks amazing. We've figured this all out because we've been testing this out for a few months. The house show circuit thing is really great. I as well think with AEW, if you want to really differentiate yourself from WWE, why not be... We are this billion-dollar company with all of this money and infrastructure. And we've got this, t- this TV deal on TNT. But we're going to do the complete opposite of WWE, where WWE is an island unto themselves. Mm. You work here. You work only here. Even if you are an independent contractor, you can only work here. But 
with AEW, you could be like, no, you are signed here, but if you want to go work here, you go work here, you go work here, you go work here. We'll send talent to you, you send talent to us, and we'll just be this amazing home of the best wrestling in North America and around the world. It is the NWA. Yeah, that's exactly, what you yeah. want to be. They can set up the new and, and then you they bring can, back the territories. Yeah, you can work with the NWA. Yeah, you know, what go back and work with Power and stuff like yeah. that. I, I think that's a really strong position for AEW to be. It's a real babyface move as well mm. for like you know in the wrestling community to be this open door where you can come in, you can go out, and you can work everywhere. I think it'd be a really smart business move. It's where, it's where the Tony Khan wants to do it because I think he he feels quite protective mm. of the AEW brand. So. I, I don't know whether he'd be on board with it. Yeah. But I think it's a really smart business <clears throat> move, personally. Let, let us know what you think in the comments down below. Fantasy Booksome, ROHAW feuds. We, mm. We've done a lot of AEW versus New Japan potential matchups, mainly dominated by, uh, well, it was, it was Suzuki Moxley before, <laughs> yeah. but now it's like Ishii. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who was really... Ishii, Orange Cassidy. No, it's Orange Cassidy versus... Minoru Suzuki, probably. <laughs> oh, Toriano. Toriano. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I want to see. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of that. Also, if it gets Joe Hendry onto TNT... Yes, oh, yes, please, yes, please. Joe Hendry! So let us know uh, your sort of picks and, and what you think if it will happen. It, feel, it feels like everything's coalescing in a good way at the moment. Uh, the mechanisms behind the scenes seem to be putting the, the, the train in one direction. <laughs> yeah. And also, press the thumbs up button, give us a subscribe, and uh, let's get in to the... It's that time. It's ratings time. Is that your jingle for it now? Mm. It's, it's ratings time. It's time! It's time! It's ratings time! Are there any other sort of ratings? And any songs have the word ratings in that we can rip off here? I'm sure people will let us know in the yeah. comments. Um, maybe we'll just go, war. <laughs> da, 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 da. What is it good for? Ratings. <laughs> Advertisers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so AEW versus NXT. Um, after, just as a recap of the story so far, AEW, October 2nd, trounced NXT for seven weeks straight. Yeah. Doing really good. Then the whole Survivor Series thing happened. Arguably, WWE hot-shotted NXT, put a lot of main roster talent on that show. Did a fantastic job putting over NXT and Keith Lee and uh, Shayna Baszler on Survivor Series. Yep. And that worked. They, they had a very healthy bump and they were beating NXT on and off again until through to Christmas. Something happened when the new year changed. NXT had a essentially a taped awards show as the first episode of this year, AEW went in hot. They missed Christmas Day, mm -hmm. but then they went in hot for this. And it seems to have worked because AEW has been over 900,000 viewers for the first three weeks of this year. Yep. And that hasn't happened since the first three episodes of AEW TV. They would dip into about 800. That's exactly it, yeah. So we've now got a really solid base of AEW viewers and it's, it's pretty much level. And that's fantastic news. Yeah, you said it yourself before we came on. They have now seemed to have found their consistent audience, mm. this audience that are tuning in. I said on yesterday's show, I would be really surprised if AEW won the ratings war this week because I felt like when I was watching the show, I was like, this feels like if I was a casual wrestling fan, I'd be changing the channel to NXT and seeing what's going on here because I wasn't, 
after the Nightmare Collective thing, I think I was almost mm. like, I, there was stuff I was excited for, but I was like, I'm just going to flip over and just see what's going on and see if that will hook me in. And then maybe I'll flip back. That appears not to have happened. We don't have the quarter hour breakdowns. Uh, they've not been available. Just That's what I was just searching for on while you were doing your monologue. Um, but it seems like that AEW now have this core audience that are sticking around no matter what Brandy Rhodes does on TV. <laughs> 940,000 viewers was what AEW got this week. I think it was about, it was like 950 the week before. Yeah, I'm just going to see 960. if they comparison. So, so they are slightly dropping, but it's it's still very healthy. It's a, it's a minor drop. Yeah. Uh, so last week uh, was 947,000. So it really oh. is like, a, it's a real like minor drop. Yeah. Um, but NXT also dropped uh, this week because they went from 721,000 last week to 700,000 mm. uh, this week. Although, as Brian Alvarez pointed out on uh, Twitter, it would have been 700,001, but Baron Corbin watched AEW. Do we need, like, a different thing? You've been Daved, but what does Brian get? <laughs> alvarez It's like uh, Pilmanized, but you've been alvarez uh, Yeah, so almost quarter of a million people more watched AEW than NXT. That's big, man. That's big. big. It is big. I think, uh, you know, as we approach Revolution, because this is in the middle part of the pay-per-view cycle, and as we saw with uh, all, not all out, full gear, the pay-per-view did draw up viewership for AEW. And the week after as well. Bold prediction. I reckon that go-home show... You know what? The week before, the Cody Wardlow steel cage. Have you seen the poster for it? No, I haven't. (gasps) They've gone full, like, Star Wars, loads of... (laughs) It's not a match graphic. It's not like Cody Wardlow. It is Cody's head in the background, Wardlow at the front, MJF's evil presence lurking behind. Yeah, well, we... I I (laughs) quite... It's awesome, right? (laughs) That was on... They showed that on TV, actually. Yeah, that's really good. So there was the, like... WWE's graphics department have just been phoning it in for for years now. It's just here's this stock image that doesn't really look like them, for, and this one. I think Bobby Roode still got the mustache. Yeah, but AEW really. I, I love AEW's graphics department. I think yeah. they're doing a real nice job with it. Uh, but I reckon that episode, which is uh, the February eighteenth, February nineteenth. Sorry. So that's two episodes before the pay per view. We'll do over a million. And then they might maintain Ooh. over a million for the next three weeks yeah. around Revolution. And then maybe like the week after Revolution goes back down to that sort of 900,000, maybe then goes down to 800,000 and picks, excuse me, picks back up in the run-up to Double or Nothing too. Well, or may, let's not overlook the WrestleMania factor because mm, yeah. a rising tide raises all ships and mainstream interest in wrestling is always highest February-March time in the build-up to WrestleMania. Yeah. Maybe that will increase AEW's viewership. Maybe people will be like, you know, they're more open to, it's this time of year, they're more open to wrestling. Oh, what's this show? Yeah, maybe. I yeah. think I think TNT should do a lot of AEW advertising oh, yeah. on uh, around Raw and SmackDown shows. Yeah, no, completely. Area. So yeah, really good week for, for AEW um, and for NXT. You know, like, like 700,000 is nothing to be sniffed at. Mm. Like, it's still a good number. And as you said, that's like, what combined together one point I'm not very bad at you maths. got this man 1.6 yeah 1.64 million people I, I, I did get a B at GCSE but my maths teacher was stunned when I got, <laughs> he told me flat to my face like I'll be surprised if you get a D and uh, I got that B and take was, that mate and I was like take that Mr. Adams yeah. I got a B add 
<laughs> Mr. Ad Adams. Adam up. That's like an old Simpsons joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that is the ratings week. Do you want to jump into our new story picks of the week? Yeah, so these are, the, these are stories that we have covered or haven't got a chance to cover that we just, like me and Luke have picked one each. We just want to dive into it a little bit more. Well, yeah, because particularly the one that I've picked is because there is an update on it. So over the weekend, um, Tessa Blanchard put out a tweet that said... Um, uh, women should like lift each other up or you know cool things happen when women work together mm. and a lot of female wrestlers a lot of wrestlers took umbrage with this statement because there have been lots of stories over the years that Tessa Blanchard is not the nicest person reportedly I want to say, I'm say this now reportedly Sean, it's, it's it's very overwhelmingly reported. <laughs> <laughs> but Sean Ross Sapp, like, I, I'm going to put this on I think allegedly as well. We can use allegedly, allegedly. because it's people saying it, not report. Like, these go. are direct yeah. sources. Uh, yeah. So allegedly, yeah. that's much better. Um, but Sean Ross Sapp, I'm going to put this one out on Front Street first. When he was tweeting about this story, he said, I've heard all of these stories before, but... Tessa has been working very hard to improve herself as a person. Okay. And reportedly, you know, reportedly, she's a much nicer person now than she was five years ago, ten years ago, when these sort of mm. these sort of incidents allegedly happened. People change. People change. Exactly. People grow. Um, because she put that out, and Alison Kay, who wrestled in uh, Impact as Sienna, um, tweeted out that she uh, called someone the N words uh, at a show in, uh, a show in Japan, which I believe was La Rosa Negra. Um, she, uh, La Rosa Negra herself confirmed that story and mm. said, I'm glad that this has come out. Um, her I'm, name is dangerously close, though. Yeah, I, I think it was her anyway that, that <laughs> said that out. Uh, and we also had uh, Chelsea Green, who was mm. in Impact as Laurel Van Ness, came out to say. Currently she, in NXT. Yep. Shanna from uh, AEW came out and said stories. Renee Michelle came out and said stories. Like, mm. a lot of people came out to say, here is my Tessa Blanchard story. And that that's like... That's quite worrying when it gets to essentially bipartisan support, you would say. It's not just, you know, like if all of the WWE wrestlers were saying it, you'd be like, huh, that's a bit weird. Tessa didn't go there. Yeah. Maybe there's a coordinated effort to bury her. But no, this is from indie wrestlers, yeah. AEW, across the board. WWE. Just, yeah, it was um, uh, La Rosa Negra because the story was it was Sienna, Alison Kay said that she spat in her face backstage at a show and called her the N word, mm. which is. Not cool. Tessa Blanchard used to go out with Ricochet. Yeah. I'm not saying that that, that explained, like, that justifies anything. I mean, I mean Twitter did. <laughs> Twitter made that argument a lot. It's, it's essentially the Hulk Hogan, some of my best friends. <laughs> some of my best friends are superheroes. Some of my, some of my former boyfriends are superheroes. Pew, pew. <laughs> but so these stories came out. Uh, Tessa said that she wasn't going to make a statement on this. Mm. Um, she said she's not going to even... Um, uh, you know, talk about these allegations because they're ridiculous. Bearing in mind as well, this was the day before her big Impact World Championship yeah. match with Sammy Callahan. Um, which spoilers for Hard to Kill if you still haven't caught up with it yet. She won. Mm. Tessa Blanchard is the current Impact World Champion, which Booker T said is the dumbest thing to happen in wrestling history. <laughs> so, you know, WWE. Booker T. <laughs> May Young gave birth to a hand. Yes. Like, yeah. that is the dumbest thing to have happened, regardless. Um, so she was, said she wasn't going to address it. She did actually put us a bit of spotlight on it, because I think she replied to Chelsea Green saying that I've helped you up. I've had a lot of ups and downs. 
uh, across the years. Uh, but she has now made an official statement on this mm. subject. So I've actually hadn't really had a chance to really read this yet. So let's read this together. Um, Over the last week, I've been accused of calling a fellow wrestler a racial slur. To read this allegation has been personally upsetting. To be clear, I absolutely did not use that word. That word is not in my vocabulary. That word is not in my heart. Racism is not in my heart. Yet I know many people have to deal with racism in a way I never have to. Racism is an awful part of American history, and it is equally awful that it's still part of our society today. While I do, uh, while I did not do what was claimed, I stand ready to use my platform to support the fight against racism however I can. So there's a direct statement from Tessa Blanchard. That's not a good statement. You know, it it doesn't say anything. It's a non-apology. Yeah, it's a, yeah, the headline's there, a racism's bad. I was like, well, you don't need to tell me that. Like, (laughs) I think that's quite clear. And also, I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So... This is the... Don't get yourself videotaped. Mm. You never know when the cameras are. It's uh, so it's it's down to her word against it's two people's words against each other. That's exactly uh, it. But it seems like there are a lot of people's words against Tessa's. Yeah, e- even about that specific incident with the M word usage. And I am all for a Twitter conspiracy. I've got my own conspiracy theories about the Dave Meltzer Saudi Arabia thing and the Seth Rollins rah rah speech, which we've gone into mm. uh, on this show before. But I saw a lot of people say this was a targeted, planned attack on Tessa to discredit the Impact World Championship match and her winning the World Championship um, on the, the following Sunday. Yeah. I don't believe that's the case at all. I think that Tessa made that comment. One person, I think it was like, you know, Alison Kay was the first person to dive in there and say, here's what you did. And that encouraged a lot of other people to say, and here is my story. Had Tessa not put up that initial tweet, this story wouldn't have come out. So I don't think it was a targeted attack to discredit Impact. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, what have they got to gain there? It's Impact, unfortunately, aren't just aren't that newsworthy at the moment. No. Uh, so yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't think that's a conspiracy. No. So that is the latest on the Tessa Blanchard situation. A lot of people have also been slightly making fun of it. Um, Mia Yim posted up on Twitter uh, a photo of her hugging Diana Perazzo, mm. uh, the virtuoso, saying, "We support each other around here." And the virtu- and uh, Diana Perazzo retweeted it, saying, "Cool things happen." <laughs> Apparently, that's been a bit of a. Um, a sort of a gimmick around yeah, the yeah. Scene. people saying like yeah cool things happen I, it's, it's, I love stuff like that I, I love the idea of that being an in-joke backstage become, amongst all the roster exactly it's become a yeah. meme it's uh, creative <laughs> it's creative creative <laughs> don't worry I'm working on a creative has nothing for you t-shirt that's amazing <laughs> creative head over to Rust Talk Clips oh yeah yeah. to, to find out more about creative yeah if, if you're watching this show 35 minutes in I assume you are one of our more passionate fans. So, and I know there's probably like 10,000 of you right now going by the analytics. But weirdly, Wrestle Talk Clips, this fan channel set up by Vinny, who's the editor who does Wrestle Sketch with me and everything. He's he's taking little clips and putting it on there, and it'll be stuff like creative or what does the SWAF nation, where did that come from, yeah. all that stuff. So go over there and subscribe to it. It's just, just really fun stuff. Yeah. It is a really fun little passion project that he's doing at the moment, and we're supportive of fan passion projects. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Vinny and Wrestle Talk clips. Go over there, subscribe, yeah. watch some videos. Uh, so my story of the week is one I covered in Wednesday's news. And that is that the Saudi, uh, the next Saudi show is going to be either on the 20th of February or the 27th of February. Yeah. It's going to be within that week. It's going to be on a Thursday again. And it's just... 
So we're getting another NXT invasion on SmackDown. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, get, getting back uh, to the show in time. So it's it seems like this has been the plan for a while because mm-hmm. there was a weird gap in February. <clears throat> yeah. You've got Royal Rumble, end of January, and then you've got Elimination Chamber, 8th of March or whatever it is. And then WrestleMania is first I mean, week of, I'll tell you of what, April. I'll, you carry on. I'm going to bring up the schedule now. Yeah. I, I think it's – I'm pretty sure Elimination Chamber is still in February, but there's nothing no, in, in March. March. Is in it March. really? Uh, <laughs> I literally wrote the script on this. Uh, so we're missing Fastlane there. Oh, is what's the most important show of the year? The biggest show of the year that we actually had some loose plans to do another storyline around. We can't make that joke anymore. Yep. Uh, so no fast lane. So February was this like nothing month. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we've got NXT TakeOver Portland in February and then Elimination Chamber on March 8th. So yeah, let's not, not say it's not busy. We've got Revolution, of course, AEW on the February 29th. Oh, we'll still be busy. Yeah, but yeah. D- but WWE are not busy. Uh, so... Yeah, it it seems like they were keeping that free for the next Saudi show. The problem is, putting a Saudi show in February, in between the Rumble and Elimination Chamber, then WrestleMania, the Saudis want a WrestleMania-caliber show. That means you've got to put on such big matches to give them value for money. They're paying $40 million a show, reportedly. That's huge. It's way bigger than any WrestleMania in history. And and you you run the risk of undermining WrestleMania. And we've never been in this position because historically Greatest Royal Rumble, Super Showdown, has come in June, April, June time after WrestleMania. Yeah. So this is and apparently this is this is down to the Saudis. The Saudis wanted the show then. That's when they're gonna get the show. I'll tell you, I mean they dictate the rules here. Like this is not like WWE are not putting this into a schedule and being like, here is our plan mm. for the year. Though the Saudis say we want it now. And they was like, okay, right, well, I guess we've got to do it there. So you're, you're right. We're going to be in this position where they're going to be promoting. They're going to be putting plans in place for WrestleMania. And, you know, that's a week out from Elimination Chamber, which is a big show to build up WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and then you've got this third show. And we've seen historically with WWE that the shows sort of fall apart when there's too much to promote because they don't really know which place they want mm. to be keeping the closest eye on. And that's when they start to fall apart yeah, a little bit at yeah. the seams. Yeah, totally. And that, that's like, we've said so much about the ethical concerns of doing these shows. This is more about the creative mm-hmm. around it. I just can't see how they're going to be able to put on matches. So one of the, one of the, it's doing the rounds. It could easily be a fake, but uh, The Fiend versus Kane is apparently being advertised on Saudi Arabian TV. And you know what? Actually, that's not the worst thing in the world because that, that's not a WrestleMania mm. caliber match. But it is for the, the sort of Saudi Arabian audience that really likes their old, their sort of 90s, early 2000s wrestling. That's probably perfect, yeah. really, because that's a big name. <laughs> the Fiend can easily go out there and just very quickly beat him. My concern is that WWE don't actually know what they're doing. Uh, there's been a lot of reports in December and January from very reliable people like Meltzer and WrestleVotes saying they've never experienced a year where so few WrestleMania plans have been in place at this point yeah. in January. And you look at TV, and I agree, I don't really know. You've got Roman Fiend, but that's kind of more just me educatedly guessing. There's not a great deal on TV to tease that. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't tell you one... WrestleMania match, really, that WWE have explicitly started teasing on television. The only one I can think of is AJ Randy. And whether that does... I think that's going to pay off sooner. But that's what I was thinking. When they did that angle when Randy had the fake injury, I remember sending to Pete on the episode, 
I, I thought initially they were going to do it to so they could artificially extend that story, essentially mm. write Randy off TV with this fake injury for you know a month or so, have him return, and then build up that WrestleMania program. Yeah. yeah. But keep AJ still mentioning Orton and saying that he was the one that put Orton on the shelf and demanding that they get this WrestleMania match. Mm. The only other one I can imagine, because he's announced himself for the Rumble, is Brock Kane Velasquez. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, maybe yeah. For for but maybe that's in Saudi again. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it could be in Saudi again. So it's it's an interesting time for WWE. Uh, I I think the set this this could hurt WrestleMania. This could hurt the interest level. And if they do it on the 27th, Revolutions on the on the Saturday. Mm. To to have such like a just an a potentially a bad show creatively and of creatively. course all all the problems that come with it considering the last time it wasn't just it's like every time we do a Saudi show it's another layer of controversy yeah. no women no people of Syrian descent oh they murdered a journalist the month before you you've got to go out there oh what happened with those mechanical plane issues you know it's just it's this it's just been awful but they got a lot of money for it I was going to say it's not awful <laughs> for their bank balance their bank balance is very very healthy because of it so before we get into the Patreon mailbag of course go over to WrestleTalk's Patreon to become a pledge hammer some exciting Wrestle League developments potentially on the way Ooh. a year into Wrestle League which started you know for, for Patreons with last year's Se- Royal Rumble for season zero season zero uh, when it wasn't just us guys doing it we might... I can't believe I'm even saying this out loud because it could all fall apart. <laughs> Do you want to not say it out loud? No, I'm going to say it out loud. We might actually have a really good portal where you can log into the website with your Patreon login and you can choose the, the things. And it's not just a Google form anymore. Yeah. It's You can actually go back in and edit and, you know, it'll be, it'll be really good. And we're going to move it to, because of this, a monthly... Uh, schedule instead so yeah. it won't be seasons we won't have season one to five like we've had currently we'll do it as monthly things again um which kind of we're hoping will keep people involved and engaged in it because it's if you if you miss uh you know hard to kill impact which a few people did yeah or, or like a random new japan show that we decided to include in there you, you, that could be 10 points that you're now behind yeah which really really does affect you if these seasons are three four months long so we're, we're hoping if we make it monthly it could be more fair and maybe we'll have like a grand overarching one for the year yeah maybe, maybe. As a, and then maybe we can beat Laurie that's actually <laughs> what this is all down to anyway so go over there but our match of the week Luke yes, we haven't got- decided one I know what mine is okay what's yours AW opening four way tag say the same what match as well what a match I loved it yeah I, I just thought it was a terrifically fun match a proper like PWG style four way tag match mm. that was leveled up with its brilliant level of storytelling and progression of what is, for my money, the best thing going in AEW at the moment. I thought it was smashing, but it was terrific. So, if you want to watch one match over the last seven days, make it that one. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you got to do is become one of our Patreon pledge hammers at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community section labeled mailbag. Don't email it to me. I will lose it. I'm bad at my job. Our first one comes in from Chuck Turner who says Good morning bros. My question is, besides Terry Funk and Mark Henry, are there any other former ECW heavyweight champions in the WWE Hall of Fame? Have a lovely time with the boys. Also, with the four horsemen in the WWE Hall of Fame, does that technically mean Chris Benoit <laughs> is in the Hall of Fame too? No, because that would mean that every member of the NWO would be in the Hall of Fame. And they had, I think, roughly 2,000 members. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Terry Funk and Mark Henry, I don't know if there are any others. I'll see if I can... Yeah, they, they do seem to induct specific lineups for factions. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when, they, when the Four Horsemen went in, it was a specific lineup, not the entire history of that faction. So let's go. I mean, Raven's not in there because it's very yeah. sad. Um I'll go from the extreme championship wrestling era so that we won't include um, Jimmy Snucker because I think he is in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Um, Taz is not in the Hall of Fame, is he? No. Uh, Tommy Dream is not credible. It's not Carino. It's not Sandman, isn't Rhino? A lot of Hall of Famers there, though. Like, that's not to say they won't go in eventually. Yep. Uh, Chavo yeah, Guerrero's not been. Kane's not been. Um, Ezekiel Jackson, I don't think, has been added into the Hall I of mean, Fame. I mean, people are pushing for it every <laughs> year, but he keeps on getting messed oh, up. Bam Bam Bigelow. There we go. Bam Bam was one of them. Good okay. pick. Good, uh, Good question as well. I like that trivia fact. Austin Tussie. Hey, guys. My question is, if you could go back in time and save someone who had potential and wasn't properly <gasps> used, who would you choose? With so many botched NXT call-ups and forgotten pushes, there are so many options. My choice would be Finn Balor. Oh. I would make him come back from injury and go straight for his title instead of going uh, getting lost in the lower mid-card. What a good question. It is really good. Uh, I mean, I bet there's so many. But just the one that jumped to my head immediately is The Fiend at Hell in a Cell. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the, the worst decisions in wrestling history. Um, but to, to give a, a not-so-obvious answer. Uh, Seth Rollins, when he came back after his authority uh, run off, off the injury, he should have come back as a white-hot babyface. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to go with Dean Ambrose. And when WWE were in that really struggling period when they were strapping the Rockets to Roman against everyone's mm. better options... Dean was the guy they should have been going with because Dean was really, really hot at that time. Yeah. But they just constantly ignored that fact. If you'd have strapped the rocket to Dean instead of Roman, the wrestling world would be a very different place mm. right now. Also Ishii. Yeah, and always Not Ishii. that they've ruined him. I just think, like, why isn't he the top yeah. in the top five, like four? Jesse Anderson, uh, this is an NXT question. He did ask for it to be on the NXT show, but obviously we do the mailbag here. Uh, I believe <laughs> Robert Stone is a parody of Roger Stone. Ah. So this stems from, so Robert Stone, which is um, Robbie E's new gimmick in NXT, is all based around statistics. Mm. And there are some people who speculate that it's a parody of Tony Khan. Mm. And someone questioned Meltzer about this, and he said, initially, I didn't think so, but I have heard from some people that it is. Wow, right. Um, but he, <laughs> but he writes here, Roger Stone is an American businessman and political consultant. He is uh, an infamous American figure who has groomed several elites, including Donald Trump. Roger Stone is Donald Trump's Paul Heyman. That's a very good description of him, yeah. Stone has recently been convicted of several crimes related to the campaign trail, making him a topical target for parody. Ro- Robert even dresses like Roger does, but an outdated and perhaps washed-up version. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think it is. Uh, Roger Stone has a very distinct... If you're going to do a Roger Stone parody... It will be very noticeable because the guy is so distinctive. Like he's he's quite well built. He's wears white suits. He looks kind of like a muscly Colonel Sanders. You ever seen his back? <laughs> no. He has a back sized tattoo of Richard Nixon's face. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very good documentary on Netflix. Uh, Who is Roger Stone? I think it's called. Uh, for, for a, uh, it, it's a fascinating figure uh, and a very morally bankrupt one. <laughs> Uh, Bar Bar Barking Mad says hypothetically if CM Punk does make an in-ring return who would you fancy book his first feud against and why Seth freaking Rollins would be my pick yeah it would have to be Um, but you know what I think if right now Brock Lesnar yeah yeah and then you set up that main event that Punk always wanted at Wrestlemania yeah Punk Brock that's huge like if you look in an Vince McMahon eye what is the biggest match I could possibly put on, which usually outweighs any kind of story considerations? Punk versus Lesnar is the one. There you go. Uh, Flev Doran, hello to everyone at WrestleTalk. I have a question, but I first want to say that on the day of the Rumble, January 26th, marks ah, one year since I became a pledgehammer. And it's been a lot of fun, especially that it was a very bleak year for me. You guys made it much easier from participating and co-winning the first season yeah, of Wrestle League to, meet, to meeting you guys at Royal Quest. I just want to say thank you for all the work you are make, uh, war work you are making. Thank On to you, my Flev. question. I think it's fair to say that most wrestling fans became fans when they were kids slash teenagers because it was the <coughs> larger-than-life factor that appealed to that demo. Now that factor seems to have been lost, and now I neither teens or adults find wrestling interesting. What do you think it will take for mainstream people to get into wrestling nowadays? I was thinking if a major film studio were to produce a tasteful movie about the joys of pro wrestling, unlike The Wrestler, it would get some people interested in what actually makes pro wrestling such a great experience, much like the Bohemian Rhapsody film did for my newfound love of Queen. Apologies for the long chapter, and thank you once again. Well, they did that with fighting with my family. I, I think fighting with my family is is of the same yeah. tonal vein as uh, you know Rocket Man or or Bohemian Rhapsody. It's quite like a sweet and neutral 
basic yeah. uh, biopic. I got an e- uh, a message from someone, actually, uh, one of the lads from Games on Film Podcast, um, DM'd me saying, like, I just saw Fighting With My Family. And it actually did make me want to check out some wrestling. It was really mm. fun. And I took him back being like, yeah, I could not get over the historical inaccuracies <laughs> of the movie. They kept really winding me up. Uh, but that, you know, that was released. It has, if anything, viewership's down. Yeah. So that hasn't worked. The thing that's going to change it is someone gets really hot. And it's always been the way in wrestling. There's, there's, it's just you can't really make it happen. Yeah. You know, someone's just got to catch fire like The Rock, like Stone Cold. Like even John Cena wasn't at that level. No. He was just the top guy. And that's it. It's not a case of getting hot in the wrestling world. It's getting hot in the mainstream media world. Yeah. Stone Cold, The Rock were on the front cover of magazines that aren't wrestling magazines. The same when Hogan was with the rock and wrestling era. Exactly. So it's got to be someone who gets so white hot that mainstream media can't ignore them. And they had to get them onto TV shows and get them onto magazines and stuff. That's what it's going to need. And it's so rare. Yeah. The, the last time it even came close to happening was Summer of Punk in WWE. Yeah. And that was a decade ago. Uh, Ket asks, what's up, WrestleTalk? In my opinion, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at both manias weren't that Whoa! good. <laughs> that is a controversial opinion. They were good stories, but the matches aren't anything special. <gasps> Oof. Is there any match that Cat, gets up? Mate. <laughs> Is there any match? I'm surprised you put your name to that. Mm. Is there any match that gets a lot of praise but you think is average? Uh, you know, the only one that jumps to mind at the moment, and you know, is, is Savage Steamboat at WrestleMania. Because mm. it's got, but it's of its time. Like at the time, it's amazing. But when I first watched that back, I don't know, 2008. Uh, for the first time, it it was very dated and had a lot of interference. And George the Animal Steel is just I, I don't like that character or gimmick. Uh, and the nearful, 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 nearful has been done to death since. So yeah, but I, I totally recognise the historical importance of that match to first introduce a lot of those tropes. Yeah, but you know, I go back and watch Citizen Kane. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I still think it holds up. It's Even, a Wonderful Life is one of the best movies ever made. Exactly, it came out, you know, so eighty odd years ago. So it has. I think if it's if something's truly, truly brilliant, it dates very well. And I don't think Savage Steamboat did. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to say a Shawn Michaels match, but I'm going to go with the Bret Hart's Iron Man ah, yeah. WrestleMania main events. I I think that match is so boring. <laughs> it's they had. It was an hour, or, you know, a 70-minute match or whatever it was because they went over the time limit. But it feels like they only planned out five minutes worth of mm. stuff but then stretched those five minutes out over an hour. Well, that's the, the longest they would probably be willing to talk <laughs> to each other. <laughs> Dylan Tyrrell Reeve says, What's the crack, lads? Crack. I'm sending this not too long after leaving the arena from NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool with my lady partner. Thanks hey. again to Ashleen for surprising me with tickets for our one-year anniversary. What a girlfriend. And this was a, this is something I've, I've seen a lot. Um, the show was so good it made me slightly guilty for not watching the weekly TV show. <laughs> My question for you guys is, as great as the takeover events are, how long can you see NXT UK lasting for? I think with weekly show going to BT Sport in the UK island, they'll get a few more eyes on the product, but I can see WWE eventually getting bored of it. I think they already are bored of it. Mm. 
Yeah, I d- unfortunately, NXT UK seems to have been a very cynical move by WWE to control the UK, the, the once very hot UK independent wrestling scene. And a lot of companies have gone under because of it. Oh, no, but those were just the companies that didn't pay their talent properly or oh, didn't have a paramedic or had unsafe rings. I can't even. I can't <laughs> even get into this. I it makes me too angry. He said that on an actual podcast. I and I, the worst thing about it is I think he believes it. Well, you know, he has to. Yeah. Uh, so... So, yeah, I, I, don't, I think it will stay at the same level. I don't think it will go away, though. No, 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 because they've got such a, a control now. It's a strategic thing. Yeah. It's not there to make money. It's there, it's there to stifle a lot of other companies. And on that subject, uh, O to the B says, Hi, guys, I don't like to grumble, but I'm good at it, so I'm going to. Uh. I took umbrage with Luke's mecha news regarding the NXT UK TakeOver review. He mentioned the five-star matches and another great show from NXT UK, but also said, like a lot of NXT UK matches, it's a tree falling in the woods with no one around to hear it. I realize NXT UK is second-tier niche. I think it's probably lower than that. Mm. Uh, but it was based in your country at your time, featuring some of the best wrestlers that the UK has to offer and you didn't go or you didn't do a live watch long no 30 minute review the following day and it was the last item on the news I realise that your channel is driven by numbers and is slightly less resourced than WWE slightly less <laughs> but I do feel that you could help highlight the excellent wrestling on the show by occasionally shouting timber when the tree falls Luke also said it's a shame that WWE doesn't care about the brand enough to actually push it again I realise the nicheness but they have had some exposure during weekly NXT Worlds Collide Takeover Survivor Series and it's been enough exposure to get pops when they make uh, go on to make full NXT debuts. So let's finish with the question. How would you push NXT UK differently? I wouldn't say they were pushed on Raw and Survivor Series. Mm. Like, Walter was the first lad out in mere seconds, really, in that match. And they were, the NXT UK guys were made to look like absolute jobbers when they were on Raw. Yeah. And uh, the, the I, I think if you're a casual viewer, which is the sort of viewer you want to be reaching with that message, they're not they're probably not going to know the difference between NXT and NXT UK. Yeah. They probably think it's the same show and that's a little faction in there. Uh, on the, uh, uh, the... Actually, us putting it in the news is the loudest timber we could have given it. Yeah. Because, as you can see on other channels, the people who did do stuff for NXT UK, Blackpool, they they got like seven, 8,000 views. So us putting it in the news episode, which gets 80,000... It's going to reach a lot more people. Yeah. And it was a situation where uh, I was sort of damned if I do, damned if I didn't. Mm. If, I, if I did cover it, then I was going to get this. Like, you didn't give it, you didn't get enough coverage. And if I didn't cover it, then I would have been, well, you didn't cover it at all. Yeah. And it, you know, and it was a shame because, you know, Bate Devlin was an yes. absolute yeah. all-time classic. It's going to be in a match of the year contender. Mm. But, you know, two days after that event, one day after that event, no one's asking us, are you going to review the weekly show this week? Mm. You know, no one's talking about that weekly show that happens. It's just, it's an unfortunate, you know, it's, it's, as I said in the review, I think it's a shame that WWE do not care enough to actually push the brand properly. Uh, how would you push NXT UK differently, though? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer because WWE have too many brands. Yeah. They can barely push Raw, SmackDown and NXT effectively and pay-per-views and everything else. We saw the NXT UK guys on Wednesday. And they were brilliant. Because we went to the uh, the BT Sports house party. And the main event was uh, Gallus versus Mustache Mountain at Nelia Dragunov. When Ilya Dragunov made his entrance, my first thought was like, why are you not on the main roster? Mm. And when Mustache Mountain came out and you see the way that they wrestle, you're like, why are you not on the main roster? Why are you not on weekly television? And that's what, I, I, that's what winds me up the most about NXT UK is they've got this incredible roster of talent that are just... I feel like being stifled. Mm. I don't think they're getting any, they're not getting the level that they should be. 
Yeah. Uh, Tom Dell says, "Hey guys, uh, I had some kind of an idea for a spot. Simil- some kind of idea. <laughs> some kind of idea, similar in a way to Tony catching the referee's hand, which was at Takeover Blackpool. So the spot goes: someone is in a submission, they're dead to rights, about to tap out. No one can break it up in time or take out the ref. So instead, we have a blanket, jacket, shirt, whatever, thrown over the taping hand. The ref oh, can't see it." Hand. Well, I say taping, taping. Sorry, tapping hand. The ref can't see it, uh, so can't make a call, and the person applying the submission releases the hold. I don't know why. I guess they assume the ref saw the tap. Hopefully, it hasn't been done yet, or, or I'm some kind mm-hmm. of genius. Uh, not likely. What do you uh, lads think of my idea, or is it, or just feel free to ignore <laughs> this giant mess of a question? Much love from New Zealand. Swaft under. Uh, the New, New Zealand and Australia count as swaft under, don't they? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They we're putting them together. I mean, they are the same country, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I. I, I don't know how it could work effectively. You'd hear the noise. The referee should be, be totally looking, at, looking yeah. at the hand. Uh, yeah, I don't think a, a, a sort of towel is enough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. It Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Chris Thorne <laughs> says, why was everyone so perplexed when Braun brought out a grappling hook? They said it had no place in wrestling, but it's a grappling hook. <laughs> Seriously, though, that spot saved me from stopping watching wrestling again just two months after returning. Other than CM Punk, what's kept you guys watching wrestling in a period like that? Uh, the relationship between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho yeah. in the very dark days of Raw. Yeah. I'm trying to think what mine would be. Actually, I'll tell you what it was. It was TNA. Mm. When I, th- I thought WWE in 2005, 6, 7 was, uh, it was an awful, awful product to watch. But TNA kept me interested in wrestling. And that really, that really it massively improved my fandom yeah. and made me want to watch more wrestling. Um, so, yeah, I think TNA. Is my answer. Flaming Glyph says, My birthday was on Tuesday, the big 35. So Happy old. Birthday. So old. I'll be with the 35 Club by the end of this year. I've been thinking a lot about the wrestling landscape and I've started to wonder should there be a pro wrestling Olympics like event where a non biased group would host the month long event? It would be like every major company WWE, AEW, AAA, New Japan, Impact, etc., etc. And all the matches would be shoot matches. So storytelling wouldn't be the main focus, just straight mm, out fighting wrestling. No. Uh, there would be a round-robin tournament uh, like the Cruiserweights, Super Juniors, Hardcore, etc., etc. The winner with the most points takes home the gold medal title, whatever. Would you, one, like to see this, two, think it would be a good event, or three, like to see how it would turn out? No. No, no, that's a bad idea. Uh, the It's essentially brawl for all, yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. and, and then you're putting these performers who, you know, aren't professional fighters. They're they're like a combination of athlete, they're circus athletes. artists. Yeah. yeah. So you'll get in the position where potentially someone who's pushed as the the kayfabe toughest person will be knocked out by Sin Cara. Yeah. Uh, so that's a very bad thing. But there is that's not to say there isn't a way to do it. You just you treat it like a choreographed uh, sporting event. There's loads of those gymnastics, uh, synchronized swimming. You, you you do it like that. Ice skating, figure skating. You have. Pro wrestlers come in, work out a match together, they do the match, and the it, it'd sort of be based on skill and technique, just like the gymnastics are, and you'd have scorers. Mm. I th- I, that would be that would be awesome, I think. Tattoo Cooperman says, went to Melbourne City Wrestling on Saturday. Will Ospreay was in oh. the main event. He made it look like he wasn't injured, but when we spoke to him after the show, uh, one way or another, he said he was. Amazing. Such a star, even with a busted heel, still put on a top match. Much love. Will, if you're watching, mate, just rest. Take some time Take off. Take some time off, mate. 
Uh, David McKibben says, I think I'm in the minority here, but I liked John Morrison's return, including pre-announcing it. This is assuming the plan was always to have him come in as a heel. If so, I think heels should never be a surprise return, really to only save that for a face return. I like that by the time we got to TV, people already knew he was coming back. He was aligned with The Miz who was turning. I think a run in to save Miz would have dampened the heel turn. You're totally right. I, I, yep, I actually totally agree with that. Yeah. You, you would have got a pop. I, I, I think it was Pete really didn't like the pre-announcing it and mm. then sort of just having him backstage with it. I actually think that's not the worst thing in the world. My issue I had with it was Corey Graves saying, oh, we've heard rumblings <laughs> that he'd re-signed. I was like, mate, your own show said he had signed. And uh, also that, that they did loads of returns on that episode. It was like the Usos as well. Seamus. Seamus. You should have saved that for the... At least save some of them for the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, the Headmaster Headman, what do you think of the new Morbius trailer? Have you seen it yet? I haven't, no. Yeah. We watched it. It was on Monday because you had the day uh, off, didn't yeah. you? So um, it's... <laughs> me and Laurie both called it a template trailer. Like, it is... Like, there is... Yeah, <laughs> there is. There is a premiere profile that every <laughs> studio uses that is called trailer, first trailer template dot proj. And they just drag it into the timeline and they just... You know, it basically auto cuts shots from the film into this trailer format, and that's exactly what it was. It was broadly fine. I thought the final reveal was the best thing about it. Uh, Lee Spicer, hey guys, hope you're well. According to the leak of the WrestleMania 36 card, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are penciled in to face the Fiend for the Universal Title. If this is true, do you think it'd be the perfect way to take the uh, belt off the Fiend while also keeping him strong? Then the reason why this didn't get reported is because on this supposed match card, Florida was spelt wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think anyone took it seriously. Uh, But, but, you know, to your point, having it as a three-way isn't the worst idea in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I, yeah. Gets Daniel Bryan in the main event as well. Matt Field. Hi, Luke, Ollie, and the rest of the talk boys. What are your top five entrance theme songs of all time? Mine are Cult of Personality, Kingdom, which is Cody's one, Voices, Randy Orton's one, The Game, uh, Triple H's, and Metalingus, which was Edge's. Mm-hmm. To keep up yeah. the hard work. We can't do a top five. Too much thought, but Mick Foley's. Yeah. I just, it's a special <laughs> place in my heart. That was my creator wrestler entrance music. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Hardy Boys. That used to get me so pumped up. Um, pff, I don't know. We need to we need to go yeah, quickly yes. if we want to do all these Patreon questions. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll give some thought on that. Uh, James J. Dillon, I would very much like to purchase the blue fake door shirt from your site, but blue is not an option. Will it be available soon, or am I out of luck? What's the blue one? I think you. It's it's black. Um, the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I it's don't just know if black is. or white designs. Yeah. I think it might just look like it's blue, but it's very much... It's a black T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Um, so get that one. Yeah, get this one. Um, Ket also asked, What's up, Russell? Uh, do you think that WWE signing every wrestler in sight will come back to bite them, or has it already happened? Uh, also, what's the nastiest chair shot you've ever heard? Well, oh, that the- chair shot is the Balls Mahoney one. Yeah. Oh, no, the, the, the Stevie Richards JBL one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah, on SmackDown. It's disgusting. I always go for that Balls Mahoney one where he just hit him as hard. I can never remember the lad's name, unfortunately. He hit him as hard as he mm. could, made this ginormous dent in the chair that even he thought was too much. And he looks at the camera and goes, oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, um, do we think that every wrestler, signing every wrestler will come back to bite them? Uh, I think it's problematic because you, uh, we're talking about NXT UK. Someone like a Jordan Devlin, who now is, I think, very mistakenly being slotted into the cruiserweights. What a complete waste of Jordan Devlin. Mm. That, and, you know, they're going to put Tyler Bate in that situation. What a complete waste of Tyler Bate. 
Uh, April Zafri, how much faith do you guys have in the latest push for Drew? Quite a lot, actually. Yeah. He's connecting with the crowd. He's performing it well. And Paul Heyman obviously really likes him. So he's one of those guys who's going to get pushed. Aaron Donnelly, do you think The Fiend will come out at the Royal Rumble holding a long-haired Daniel Bryan lantern? Uh, no, because he hasn't like properly properly beaten him yet. The, the, I, but No, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Drew Border said, hello, lads. And most importantly, SoCal Val. Just right <laughs> to say, I used to do uh, wrestling a couple of Ooh. years ago and was thinking about going back as it's a good hobby and good fun. As I'm from Glasgow, I had the opportunity of meeting the man with the sexy body, Drew McIntyre. He was really down to earth and helped me a lot at the time of my wrestling. It was also around the time he just joined TNA. So he is the reason I love TNA. It's actually doing bad wrestling now. <laughs> uh, but AEW is too good. So my question is, how... Um, so my question is, how can Impact become as big as AEW again? Also, have you met any wrestlers that made you find your love back for wrestling? Your sincerely, Drew Porter, a.k.a. the new Scottish psychopath. Wow. I uh, I just think there's there's only so much appetite for wrestling. And Impact would need to... Impact are good. They're really good at the Great moment. Show. Hard to Kill. I, I think the second half of Hard to Kill was really, really good. But there's just there's only so much appetite out there for weekly wrestling content. And AEW have, have taken it. So I, I, so, I don't yeah. know. Uh, the Zorni says, hi, you beautiful people. Do you think uh, there will be a timetable or something uh, like uh, like that of your current videos? Sorry, do you think there will ever be a timetable or something like that for your recurrent videos? So one eager to watch knows when to tune in for your live reviews. And please do not recommend the, Wii, the never working feature on YouTube nah. notifications. Thank you for your great content. Actually, we also had Jeffrey said, what's the Russell Talk schedule? Just testing my knowledge. Raw reviews on a Tuesday, AW and NXT is on Thursday, weekend shows on a Friday, Smackdown's on a Saturday. My rationale is from a mental health point of view, it's good to have anchors from across the whole year to a week today so it might benefit people to know. I'm almost certain you've mentioned it in a video before, but I figured to get a reminder of the schedule would be a good thing keep up the good s word um it's from jeffrey that's crazy we were talking about this yesterday because we there is a schedule but i don't think we've communicated that well enough it's 3 p 3 p.m gmt every day for the live reviews AEW's at 2 p.m yeah uh because nxt has to fit in there as well uh the the news just goes out as soon as it's ready we used to have it as a schedule. Thing. We always thing, used yeah. to put it as 5 p.m. GMT because that would be a way to get the most American viewers. But the problem is when we did that, what the main bit of feedback we got was, I've already seen this news yeah. elsewhere because everyone else was just loading it as soon as it was done. So the schedule thing sort of like come back to it, get bitters a little bit. We'll get back to you because we're working on it. And I think we'll put like a nice schedule on the channel header as well. Yeah. Uh, that guy who wants to support, I have a very important question. Since ancient times, everyone has had one question in their mind, a question so complicated and philosophical that no one has had the guts to ask until now. Luke, Ollie, I bestow upon you the responsibility to answer the question that no one can. Who can eliminate the big show at the Royal Rumble? <laughs> Literally anybody. <laughs> they do it every year. Hey, but he's so big. Oh, you missed Jubba JJ, I'll just do it. Hello, Swaff Nation and WrestleTalk crew. I have a serious question. You'll probably know more about this than me. How does WrestleTalk's very own Jubba become an actual Jubba? How do I get involved with wrestling? Have yourselves a su 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 super day. I did, I did, because I would jump to Jeffrey's yeah, yeah. question. Sorry about that. Uh, so go to a wrestling school. Yeah. That's, that, that's the simple answer. Yeah, and if you keep on turning up and then like you volunteer yourself uh, for shows where you just help put up the ring, just being a general person, a handyman, they'll be like, huh, okay, you're, you're doing really well with this. We'll put you in a 20-man battle royal. Yeah. And then like you, know, you just keep proving yourself over time, keep going to wrestling training. 
Yeah, we had an email in from uh, the leader of the New World Discorder, um, Ewan, Ewan yeah. who who was you know been doing wrestling training for the last year, and he's getting his debut um, for with Rev Pro in their Rumble. So, but the the I, I would say don't go in with this sort of character in mind that you want to do. Mm. Like that's that's the last thing that you should do. You should just go in there to learn how to wrestle, as opposed to going there's like teach me how to be a jobber so I can be one. Yeah. Uh, Callum, with all this speculation with CM Punk eventually getting back into the ring, do you think Vincent Co. will give Punk an offer he cannot refuse? Maybe that Mania main event against Brock could get him interested. I think it will happen. I don't think it will be this year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. We had a couple of Russo pays. At least I had a couple of Russo pays from Wednesday. I am teased right now. Yeah. But we'll I, get, want, we'll, I, want, I want to hear this. We'll get to that in a second. Oh. Because I met Kurt Angle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I met Cat Angle. Do you want to tell your version of the story? I, of course, used to work on. I was a producer of the Wrestle Talk TV show when it was on TV in the UK, and one of the segments we did was an interview with Kurt Angle, and we, I think it was like West Ham Football Stadium in in like a little booth somewhere. Uh, but Kurt Angle was there. Lovely guy, very respectful. Takes a while to warm up, <clears throat> just because he. He started off quite diplomatic, but then, <coughs> sorry, mm. it's emotional. After about, it was an hour long interview, so by about the 20 minute mark, he actually really started to open up about stuff. It was really interesting. Lovely guy as well. Very professional. Uh, but I was also very professional. I, I do not like asking people, when I'm sober at least, for, for autographs or pictures or anything like that. This was just a strictly transactional relationship for me in this. So I was like, you know, this is the C and all that. Anyway, the interview's done. And the guy who was sort of doing the interview said to me afterwards, guy went well, didn't I? I was like, yeah, yeah. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. I idolize that man. And he just looked at me and went, really? You didn't, like, you didn't show any of that. And I was like, oh no, I do. And he went, I'm the best wingman in the world. <laughs> And I was like, what? And he, before I had a chance to do anything, he had already half turned and was walking over to Kurt Angle. I'm just there, paralyzed in fear, frozen. And he's talking to Kurt. Kurt looks over at me in a kind of, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he walks over. like, And this a mutual friend, you know, he's sort of done this matchmaker thing. He's like, Kurt, Ollie, Ollie, Kurt. Ollie's your biggest fan in the world. <laughs> I just, I crumbled. And then I, yeah, I, he posed with a photo with me. You know, there was no, it wasn't a conversation or anything. He was just this doll to be passed around. And I just said to him, you're my favorite. <laughs> As the picture went. And he went, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just, I didn't, I didn't feel good. I'm glad I did it because I have that picture now. Yeah. But I'm also not, I'm also horrified I did it. And because you told that story, because Kurt Angle was doing the rounds, like you know, they had a uh, Kurt and Ric Flair, Page and Kane Velasquez in yeah. the ring um, for sort of this big media presentation thing, being like, "Hey, we're moving to BT Sports." And then they said, "Like these legends are now going to walk around, you know, so you can get your photos with them and and things like that." And I was like, "Davis, you should go take get your photo with Kurt Angle." And you said, "No," and you told me that story. So I then I'm going to go get my photo taken with Kurt Angle. So when I got my photo taken with Kurt Angle and I just said to him, I was like, you were my favorite heel when I was a kid. I really loved to hate you. And he just suddenly went, yeah, I get that a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was like, cool. He's just got a few stock responses. Said, yeah. I told you that story and you went, yeah, he didn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot, kid. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Blessed to be here. Yeah. yeah just work with these things. It's good to be home. You know. um, I, and I met Paige. Paige yes. here. Um, and I lied to her. Uh, just point blank lied. I... <laughs> Because I don't even know why I want to go get my picture taken with Paige. So she's you know great, and she's lovely and everything, but I'm not usually that sort of person that's mm. like, oh my God, I want to get my photo taken with, with the wrestler. But there was almost like a quiet period, and you were in a conversation with someone that I was not really a part of. So I was like, um, I could go do that, I suppose. So I walked over to Paige, got my photo taken with her. It's my most liked uh, photo that I think I've ever posted on Twitter. And I didn't really know what else to say, so I just said, oh, well, congratulations to your mum. Uh, get, being part of the Eve show over the weekend in the Rumble. She was like, yeah, the pop was incredible. I was like, yeah, I was there for it. I heard it. It was amazing. You liar. <laughs> I was there. I that was my conversation. So I went back to and I was like, I just lied to Paige. I like I like that. It's just like this, this, this lies just sometimes pop out. That's such like harmless white lies. Yeah. Why do you do that? Why do yeah. I do that? Uh, but the, I, I really like your, the story you told me about the security guards around the wrestlers. <laughs> so, oh, when I got my photo taken with Kurt Angle, uh, you know, he sort of like, he does, the, he has this pose that he does for every photo. He so sort of puts your arm around you and he puts the fist up. So I went to put my arm around him and I had my beer bottle in my hand and it was just like touching his back and I just felt the security hand grab my hand and just pull it back from the back. Mm. As in, you're not touching him. Yeah. You can have your hand there, but do not have it actually touch him. Yeah, it was quite, quite threatening really. But that was different for someone else. Um, you say Cain Velasquez's security was just like they didn't care because it's Cain Velasquez. That was it. Yeah, it was Laurie that noticed it when he was talking about like how like the security around Paige and Angle and Ric Flair were like on it, but the security for Cain Velasquez was more or less on his phone. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, if anyone tries to start something, Cain will just beat them up. He's got that covered. Yeah, Cain yeah. yeah. will be fine. Yeah. Um, I also got to speak to Ilya Dragunov, <laughs> and I told him that I uh, loved his match with Bobby Guns, with the, the yes. big Guns, Bobby Guns, Ilya chant. And he was like, oh, I remember that very well, mm. which I'm sure he doesn't. And, um, and I spoke with Mustache Mountain, who yeah. were very, very nice. I told uh, Tyler that he's the real star of this group because Trent was getting distracted with other things. And I was like, and this is why you're the star. This is why you're the pro, which he thought was very funny. Anyway, it was lovely. I had a great time. But this- so Luke's best friends with Moustache Mountain there. Oh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this email comes in from Joseph. Now, this is a follow-up to last week's yes. Rusev Hey We Did. One of it was the on best Monday. ever. It was Monday we talked about, wasn't it? Or the Raw Review. Best ever Rusev Hey. Right. It's up there with the uh, Riot Squad not having cab fare. <laughs> I always really like the Seamus coming out of a tattoo shop one. Yep. And uh, the the airport driver of the bus transfers. Yeah, this is a Hall of Fame. Yes, Rusev Hay. Um, so if you to recap, he was on the plane um, flying somewhere after a SmackDown show, and then suddenly realised he was on the same plane as WWE stars. And Alexa Bliss was sat next to him, and he started up a conversation with her, which I think is frankly weird how people have oh, conversations yeah. on planes. Don't do that. Um, to me, I mean, like if you see me on a plane, say hello. But don't think you have to then start a conversation with me because I'm just going to have my headphones on. I want to watch films. Um, I, planes are long enough as it is. And, um, but he started this conversation with her, pretending like he didn't know who she was. But then eventually came clean and she knew who she was because he had said biscuit butts during their conversation. Don't, still don't know how that came up in conversation. Well. Here we are. Joseph explains. 
He says, hi, Luke. I didn't know that my email had been read out on the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom predictions episode. Went back to find the initial audio after listening to you and Ollie react to it on the Monday episode, Tuesday episode. Apologies for my writing. I'm dyslexic. All of my writing is not the best. I could hear you stumble a few times when reading out for the first time. Sorry. I thought it was absolutely fine, to be honest. I'm just very bad at reading. <laughs> uh, just a few things of note based on some details that I left out in order to keep my email short. From the top of my head, most of the roster was on the plane, dotted around some people in groups and others were on their own. I said 45-minute conversation. In reality, it was probably half of that. Uh, I just made it sound longer to big up the encounter. <laughs> a 20-minute conversation is it's still, still good. Yeah, because we really didn't speak too much uh, at all. As for how the biscuit butt comment came up, <sighs> I brought some cookies on the plane as a snack for the flight. I'm a larger guy, and I eat cookies and other baked goods quite a lot. I jokingly... <laughs> I love that. So I have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's my thing. <laughs> I jokingly said to her, I bet you can't remember the last time you ate a cookie in regards to her figure. She actually said a few days nice ago... chat up line. She said a few days ago, uh, and that's when I said, well, you've got to keep up the reps for the biscuit butt. She didn't reply. Like I said in the first email, oh. I didn't know I'd made the reference either. Oh... Half of my face has cropped out of the picture when taking it uh, because I was staring at Alexa the whole time to make sure she was in frame and was not paying attention to my own place in the picture. You were just staring at Alexa, I'm just talking hap- about a biscuit butt. I'm just happy there was enough of my face in the picture to make out that it's me and not one of my friends or family. Um, and that covers just about everything. Sorry, this email is longer. Originally, all of this was included. I edited it low to keep up the content, guys. Well, thanks for thanks for emailing that in. Ida, oh, man, that doesn't sound like a good exchange. <laughs> You've got to keep up that fine biscuit butt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hit on Alexa Bliss on a plane. That's amazing, sir. It is really good. Also, I, I, cause I, was, I read this email yesterday uh, in preparation for us doing it on this show. And I've, I've been thinking about this biscuit butt thing a lot. Mm. And we said this at the time. I still don't know how it's an insult. Because biscuits are delicious. Tasty. Yeah. I would, if someone said, you've got a biscuit butt, I'd be like, thank you. Yeah, you want to nibble on my butt? That's a really kind thing to say. Mm. I still don't know how it's an insult for someone. I think Vince McMahon heard it, laughed, and everyone was like, oh, we better keep that in. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, those uh, hopefully answer all the questions that you might have had about Mm. um, Joseph's interaction with Alexa Bliss on a plane. If you've got any Rusev Hayes that you'd like to send in, please do. It's Luke at WrestleTalk.com. I also want to know who else was on the plane. Yeah. If, if you do want to do one more follow-up email. Um, do you want another email before we get out of here? Yeah, sure. Uh, this one comes in from Limps, who says, Hi, Oily, Luke, Laurie, <laughs> Pete, Dave, Housemate, Simon, that piece of crap, Blake Ham, and the rest of the Swap Nation. Since you're requesting for newsy, reviewsy bits that can spice up the podcast or even the Spicy. WrestleTalk videos, I don't know if someone has pitched this to you already, but I'm suggesting that the WrestleTalk office pick amongst themselves their top moves or spots of each week. So again, sort of ideas for the Friday feature. Mm. Uh, matches are continuing to get more innovative over the years, and I guess it makes for a fun discussion what wrestling spot made you cringe, pop your jaws, or take you out of your seat, which I'm sure you'll carry over to memory for the next week or month, and you'll probably have a highlight of the wrestling year. As I write this, I'm suddenly curious about how these uh, recent great matches have never been put have been put together in the first place. Balancing awe and spectacle with replay value. Like, what do you have, a, a spot simulator app that randomly uh, suggests what moves and the outcomes of the match will contain? It makes me all the more impressed with wrestlers and backstage people setting up these matches just to sports entertain as marks. Sarcasm hats to all those make fake fighting possible well, yeah if you've ever seen uh wrestlers before a match they t- they tend to just on the day look at the arena 
and go, you, you know, what's the Beyond the Mat one? And it's Rock and Austin going through. No, it's Rock and Foley, Foley. going through what they're going to do. And they're like, look, they're looking at the arena going, oh, we could go up there. Yeah. That's a good thing. That's what I think. As soon as that new stage was debuted for Raw, Kevin Owens is like, I'm running up that. Yeah. I'm I bet you I could up. run up that and jump yeah. off it. But he hasn't had a chance to do it yet. So it came here. Yeah. Uh, on th- that, that would be my spot of the week, personally. Yeah, same here. Well, most spectacular spot. But I think the Buddy Murphy, in, like the Seth offering, the mm-hmm. position to Buddy Murphy is also up there. And the, the Hangman Page not wanting to celebrate with Bucks yeah. and Omega. Uh, just uh, email phones off here it says anyway thank you for your consistent content and entertainment Re- best regards to you all out there on a more serious note we do hope you send us all the best wishes here in the Philippines as a big ass mm. volcano is currently erupting and spewing ash that's harming plants animals and even people I'm at least 70 miles away from the volcano and I can still inhale smoke my wow. four-week cough will never go away at this rate. Basic needs like protection masks are priced ludicrously and fake information is being spread by some scrupulous people. But it reassures me seeing that everyone from charities and even street people are sending all the help they can to comfort the most effective. Your prayers are needed at this time. Wrestling keeps this tiny world together, but at the end of the day, this is one big world where we can keep all, where we're all brothers and sisters. To keep anyone, sorry, to anyone experiencing a similar situation like us right now, we all wish you well likewise and things will certainly get better. Cheers and stay swam. That's from limps well said limps yes uh but i uh, i've got a friend who's who's a bit woo woo i would say and he was talking to me earlier this week saying i, I said man I've, there's a real good energy about 2020 you know he's one of those kinds of people mm-hmm. really re- really there's, there's something magical about this year a lot of my friends doing really well yeah i think it's going to be a good year for not just us the world i was like have you read the news <laughs> This has been the worst start to a year for the world yeah. I can ever imagine. Yeah. January is usually a bit of a dead month for news. But you've got the Australia stuff, the Philippines stuff, the Middle East. Yeah, it feels like this world is falling apart. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's focus on the wrestling. Indeed. Let's focus on Owen's email here who says, Hi Luke, or Ollie and the rest of the boys. Face page was an early morning typo. And I'm now looking at a copywriting team. This is a reference to the email he sent where he was starting a Facebook page, (laughs) but it accidentally wrote face page. Um, We have a new member on the Being the Delete page, which I uh, might have come across from your podcast. So welcome, Mike Kramer. Thank you for giving our face page a shout out. Mm. Much love from Owen and the other lovely boys at Being the Delete. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that's an update on face page, which I just think now should just become our regular vernacular for talking about Facebook. Join us over at the face page. Join we always like Wrestle Talk on face page too. And we actually are going to be doing more on our face page um, because we're looking to make that a big community yeah, thing. So if you do have a face page account, make sure you go over there and, <laughs> and like the, the Wrestle Talk one. Right. I think that'll probably bring us to an end, mate. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back oh, to bumper week next week because we've got Raw, we've got SmackDown, we've got NXT, we've got AEW, we have got Real Rumble predictions going up on the Wednesday. We might be doing something for Worlds Collide, which has got a fan-freaking-tastic card, which I seriously mm. cannot wait for. It's Imperium versus Undisputed Era oh. is going to be absolutely incredible. And we've also got uh, the Rumble. We've got the Rumble on Sunday. Mm. So we'll have a highlight show going up after that. We'll have a full review going over on the following day. Lots to dive into. So tell your friends. Share this podcast around. Please get people to listen to it again. (laughs) Help us improve those numbers. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.